welcome back to the Invader Sports Soccer Show. Today, we are going to be talking a bunch of different topics. We'll get to that in just a second, but let me introduce. We got Adam, of course, Hello. and we have Joe, first time. He was supposed to be on last week, but there was a little mishap, but first timer here, Arsenal fan. Good to have you, Joe. Technical issues. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Ads. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, this is exciting for me because I want to get more and more different fan bases on the, the more we pick up here. So it's uh, it's going to be nice to have your perspective. I want to talk about, you know, the state of your team. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, Adam, let's kick this off with a uh, cup win. Carabao Cup, first one for, for Jurgen. Thoughts on that? Yeah, and it's funny, Luke can't make this week. On the yeah. week Liverpool win a trophy, he's not here. Um, <laughs> it's good that Jurgen finally got his domestic cup. Um, I think, I don't know if you remember, I, I was saying a few weeks ago how... Premier League, Champions League, bloody brilliant. But, you know, the, the difference between Guardiola and Klopp is when Guardiola retires from Leeds City and he has that probably famous picture he'll have, he'll have the Premier League, he may have a Champions League, and that'll be five trophies. And then he'll have about 10 behind him of the FA Cups and the League Cups, and it just makes that taste more successful. So really happy for Klopp, obviously happy for myself and the rest of the fan base. And... You know, that's in a season where it looks like we're going to make a charge for the title, that that winning me mentality, that winning spirit, um, I think it's just going to grow. It was a, probably one of the best nil-nils I've ever watched. Me I think too. in a, mm. there hasn't been a final that good in a long time. A lot of the last few finals, whether it's League Cup, FA Cup, Man City dominating a team or even Leicester-Chelsea wasn't really a great game, just a great end the way Leicester won. Champions League finals, you know, PSG, Bayern Munich uh, wasn't that great. Spurs, Chelsea wasn't that. Uh, Spurs, Liverpool wasn't that great. Chelsea, City wasn't that great. So it was good to have two top teams. I think on the balance of things, if I think the majority of people would say Chelsea probably, if you had to pick, maybe deserve to win. But then my only disagreement with that would be the same thing I brought up the other week. Um, or I, I might have brought it up on the podcast we recorded on Saturday that we had the technical issues on. Similar when Liverpool played Burnley and, you know, from people watching highlights and people just looking at, you know, certain stats, they'd say, oh, you know, Burnley had their chances. Oh, the final Chelsea had a lot of their chances, but the majority of their chances were offside. And Liverpool this season, of all the teams in the Premier League, they're the, they've caught the most... Uh, the most teams offside I think the last time I looked at I saw the table for the stats which was like two weeks ago throughout the whole season I mean this is just the Premier League it's not cup competitions we've we've played you know 90 90 players offside and then in second place it's like Brentford with wow. the low 50s so I think that shows the way we play the high line the offside trap how good our defenders are so mm. yeah although Chelsea they had you know two chances through Mount which were onside which he missed but we had a couple of chances as well. And then the other chances were all offside. So I think maybe yeah, you could say Chelsea, but I think Liverpool had both both halves had 20 minute spells where they absolutely just dominated them. Um, it was a good game, good penalties. Uh, Van Brilliant Dijk's, penalties. Yeah, Van Dijk's was probably my favourite with uh, Kepa. Yeah, he's just such a knob trying to do all that, <laughs> all those tricks and they didn't work. And then, Van Dyke with just that death stare puts it down the same side. And then it's beautiful for Kepa to miss the penalty. And, you know, in my opinion, I don't know what you guys think. I think Tuchel did make the wrong decision by bringing him on. 
obviously he did because they lost the final, but even even before then, I think the way Mendy played in that game, you know. Mm, I think it ruined the tempo of the game. Yeah. I think it, you can all look at it in hindsight and we can say, right, if Kepa came on, say, three penalties, we'd all be looking at it like two shells the master. But I completely agree with what you're saying. It just killed the tempo. Mendy was having the game of his life. That double save he meant was just a testament to how Chelsea set up that day. Um, but I think, yeah, Klopp, the grittiness to win that game in the end. I know Chelsea missed a lot of chances. Mason Mount had probably one of the worst games I've seen him in a Chelsea shirt. Um, but yeah, I think I think that goalkeeper decision, um, it, it shouldn't have happened. I think Mendy should have stayed on the pitch. And the thing is, there's, there's been an... I was, I was listening to something the other day, and it's true. Ever since, uh, I think it was in the World Cup, not the Euros, when Van Howe was was the manager of the Netherlands and he brought on Tim Krul for the penalty shootouts. Yeah. Um, so he took off, I can't remember who their keeper was. Stecklenburg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he brought on Tim Krul and they went through it. Ever since then, it's become a thing managers have done. Um, and I think it worked back then when it was such a surprise, whereas now you, you suspected Kepper was going to come on. Um so, you know, you could prepare for that. And mentally, I think the Liverpool players would probably would be more mentally, you know, worried about facing Edouard Mendy, who's been, you know, top three goalkeepers for the last year or so um, in the world. And he's just got such a presence. He, he won a penalty shootout in the African Cup of Nations mm. final. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you remember all those years ago when Kepa wouldn't come off when Sari mm-hmm. tried yeah. to bring him off. So, you know, in the final as well. Yeah, a bit a bit of karma, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So what I want to say about it is so they did it like a month ago or something like that, Chelsea. And it worked in for the them. Super Cup. Yeah. Done in the Super was. Cup at the start that's of the what season. It was. And it worked for them. So uh, that's why I think they went for it now. But I'm I've never been even when you're bringing a player on to shoot a penalty, I'm I've always been against bringing on someone cold to to then go perform on a high level. Like it just it just doesn't make sense to me. And obviously this in this case, like Mendy was like you said, Joe, like he was playing as he was playing so well. Like he was yep. all over the place. There could have been multiple goals scored on both sides. So both goalies were playing really well. But I, I was watching it with my father in law and funny you bring up the the incident he had where he wouldn't come off and the whole time we're watching the PKs, he's like, what if it comes down to the goalies and then he misses it? That's just, that's what he said when the PK started. And, you know, I'm I'm panicking watching. I'm like, I hope it doesn't go that far. Of course it does. And that ends up being the case. And I'm like, wow, you can't make that up. And good good for, for Klopp sticking with Kelleher as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know? He because does that. He's a good yeah. number two. Yeah. I mean, that shows – so much faith he could have easily played played allison and no one would have questioned it but he didn't he stuck with the guy that got him there for that particular competition and that guy wins it so yeah. it's yeah it's great and uh, the crazy crazy enter- entertaining game to only to to really be a zero zero game when you're looking at the stat sheet it's like how but yeah really fun game to watch and i'm happy we came out on top that was that was quite panic inducing watching those penalties mm. Do you guys go out and watch games or you just watch them at home? No, no, I was at home for this one with um, my uncle who's a Liverpool fan. Okay. Yeah, likewise. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah, I was at home. Um it's it's nice to go out and watch. Yeah. There's a there's a few spots around here that I could go to, but but yeah, I was at home just feeling every single second of it. And and speaking of that, 
when Keppa came on, you were talking about the mind games, Adam, that he was playing with Virgil. He did that when he first came on. It felt like Milner was standing there for like five minutes waiting to shoot. And he just wouldn't go into the net. Like the ref, the ref kept asking him to go into the net. And like, he was just like playing around. And my father-in-law goes like, if he thinks the mind games are going to work on Milner, like that's the wrong person to do it to. And of course, of course he steps up and just puts it home nicely. But, but yeah, crazy wild into the, into the game and the wild way to win a cup. So I'm really happy for Kelleher and happy with the decision that Klopp made because personally, I don't think if I could have made that decision, if I'm sitting there with a cup, you, you, you'd think it's easier to just play Allison, but mm. he, he, he actually, yeah. And he spoke about it after the game. He said, my human part won out over my manager part in my, in my brain. So he, he thought about it, but he couldn't, he couldn't take Kelleher out since he's the one that got him there. So interesting stuff. But um, I do want to talk about Arsenal in a little bit <laughs> and, and see your thoughts on where things stand. Um, but we had a, we have a, a sale happening and Adam, you talked about this guy a couple weeks ago. So you want to kick Roman that Abramovich. off? Yeah. yeah. So obviously breaking news today that, you know, obviously last week, Roman Abramovich, he, he put the, the club in the hands of the Chelsea trustees charity. But now it's come out that he actually wants to to sell the club, you know, a lot of, you know, indication to what's, you know, terrible things are going on at the moment in Ukraine. And not to touch upon that side, let's stick it to just the football element and, and what this means in terms of football. And, you know, if I was a Chelsea fan looking at it from a football perspective, I would be very upset because, you know, I know we have the, yeah, they spend loads of money, blah, 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 blah. But the one thing Roman Abramovich is, is he, he is a winner. And he is, he turned that club, you know, let, let's not uh, get it wrong. I know, you know, there's a lot of Mickey taken out of Chelsea. You know, there was no history before 2003, but they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't a terrible club. They had some history. They had, you know, Hullet, um, Zola, Viali. You know, they had all these players, um, Ray Wilkinson, all play for them. They won a couple of stuff, but then Abramovich took them to that next level where, you know, the last two decades, they are the most successful team. The, you know, in the last, you know, 10 years, they've won yeah. two Champions Leagues, a number of leagues, FA Cups. And some people don't like Abramovich's style with how ruthless he is, but that ruthlessness has kept them successful because, you know, once every couple of years they have a bad season, get rid of the manager the next season, boom, they win the league. It and works. Like, and it works. And like I said a few a few weeks ago, Tuchel won the Champions League. He's he's had a they might win the FA Cup, they could still win the Champions League, but I, I can't see them winning the Champions League, maybe the FA Cup. If he has a bad season, they'll keep him, but then next season he has to win something big, otherwise he'll be gone. I mean, unless the new owners who ever come in are different, but that's the mentality he creates. You know, if we want to touch upon, you know, there was there's been FA Cup, um, there's been FA Cup this this midweek, and obviously Joe will be very happy. I'm very happy. Spurs went out last night to Middlesbrough. Indeed, you know, they, this, and you know, we'll touch on that run. as well. <laughs> and you know, listening to radio stations and stuff, they're just talking about, you know, the fit with Conte and Spurs. Is you've got this winning winning mentality in Conte, but the whole club of Tottenham is just rooted with this Spursy mentality of bottling it, losing. And that actually all comes from the owner. That all comes from the top. You know, whether that be a, in Liverpool's case, as an example, it's a bit different because that comes from first, I think, the manager, 
but there's a different different sort of manager there. Not a lot of them, but a lot of it comes from the owners. And that's what Ibramovic instilled in Chelsea, an absolute winner's mentality. If they don't win a trophy in a season, the majority of clubs, apart from Man City and now Liverpool and Chelsea, every other club goes, that's fine. We can go a year, two years without a trophy. You know, Man United have gone five years now without a trophy. Arsenal have gone two years, maybe three years without a trophy. But it's fine. We're building. We'll get there. We'll have that season. With Chelsea, they don't win a trophy. It's This is terrible. Sack the manager, get a new player. And that all comes from Abramovich. And whether that will stay there, depending on who the new owners are, I'm, I'm not sure in the current climate, economically of the world, who's actually going to buy them. Mm. And my worry, if I was a Chelsea fan, would be... Without, you know, John W. Henry, I know he's an you know, American owner and we've got our differences, but my worry would be that you get another Glazer issue of, uh, or a consortium of these sort of American-style owners that come in and see it as more of a, a let's keep them in the top four to keep the money and turn it into a more of a, a franchise rather than an owner who, you know, he didn't do it for money. The, he's minted. He didn't need to make a single penny from Chelsea. I doubt he made that much from Chelsea. If anything, he probably put more money in. Mm, he did, and that is what's gonna. That's what's gonna leave Chelsea. They're not. I don't think they'll get another Abramovich that just pumps money in and doesn't want to return. They'll get someone that, if you ask them, do you want a trophy or are you happy to get in the top four, get Champions League, and just make a profit and get money? They'll probably pick the second option, and that is what they'll probably lose. Well, let's see if we start seeing. Chelsea kind of build a project like what Arsenal have yeah. done in a sense because as you said Abramovich brought the money and you know it wasn't and and his way of um, managing the club it was sustainable in his sense but I don't think another owner can come in and do that and pump that much money and I, I, I think we'll start to see Chelsea um, start on projects now they've got a brilliant youth system um, they'll start bringing through even more players and players. We might see them drop off slightly, um, but I feel like Chelsea are Chelsea. You know, they're winners at the end of the day. Yeah, but speaking about the money, this is mind-boggling to me because I heard this today, and it sounds like, Joe, you heard it because you were starting to say something about it. With Did Abramovich loan like two billion, two, what was it, so, two, two million of his own money? How so, much was it? It was 1.5 billion from wow. what I read that he wrote off to get rid of, to put the club up for sale. So he's basically saying, right, I'm exiting the Chelsea deal. I'm writing off all this money. I don't want any of the loans paid back because obviously we're going to stick to a football podcast. We're not going to get into politics, but um, so yeah, he's written off all those loans and now Chelsea is officially up for sale. There's rumors of a Swiss billionaire. I, I've just literally come back from playing football an hour ago and there's a few Chelsea fans there um, that I was chatting to. And apparently a Swiss billionaire is um, interested, but they're the rumors. Hmm. Interesting, man. And, and it just, just makes me think where, where they're going to end up. If you have a man, if you have an owner that's willing to write off that much money, and not worry about getting it back. And like, who's going to take, take them next. I don't know, Adam. And the issue Chelsea will have is Kepa is the most expensive goalkeeper in the world. He didn't work out. They went and got Mendy. You could name the strikers. They went and bought Timo Werner. He didn't work out. They've gone and got Lukaku. He's not working out. They'll probably go and get, if Abramovich was still owner, they'd probably go and get someone else in the summer. They're able to make these 
mistakes of, yeah. of buying players if they don't work fine if managers don't work fine we sack them we pay them off we get rid of them we sell them for less than what we bought them um they won't be able to do well it depends who comes in but not many owners can afford to do that so they're going to then have to this is where you really test the youth system yes but also the 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 transfer policy and and the manager and you know i personally if you're talking about a project, I don't think Tuchel will be there for for the project. I don't think he's that sort of manager. No, he's not. No. Um, so you never know. Maybe they'll get Frank back. Yeah, good point. Interesting. Well, yeah, I, I didn't see this coming. So, yeah, obviously not going to get into politics, but this is just a, a crazy scenario that I'm sure no one saw coming, including the group that bought Newcastle. I'm sure... They didn't mm. see this coming, but who knows if they would have waited, you know? But crazy, crazy It'd be easier for them. There'll be one less club to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's get some more Arsenal facts, man. How are you feeling about your team? Let's do it. Yeah. I, you know what? As an Arsenal fan, it's been, it's been pretty rough the last four, I'd say four to eight years, right? So we've had the Ozil situation now recently with Aubameyang, you know, the manager situation, Emery come in, didn't particularly work out too well, even though he was just, he was just too pragmatic with his football. But where we're sitting at the moment, as positive as possible, three games in hand, you know, pushing for that, for that, for those European places. Um, when you're looking at the young players that we have, like, come on, I'm not even trying to boost it up because I am, I am a gooner. But you know, from an outsider's point of view, we've got Saka, Emil Smith Rowe, Wyatt. You look at Ramsdale, a player that literally no one, I don't care anyone in the Arsenal fan base that wanted, and he's coming, he's commanding, he's controlling that 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 defence. So, I think. Credit has to go to Arteta as well. You know, there's a lot of fickle Arsenal fans that can turn around and say it's all the players. But I feel like he's doing a really, really good job at the moment. And I think the main goal for us as Arsenal is to get into those European places. We're out of all the cups. I feel like no one actually wants top four at the moment. You know, you've got Man United um, with an absolute junk trap. Um, junk truck up front with CR7, Cavani, it's just, you know, they're not going to be, I don't think they're going to get into Europe. West Ham, they're struggling with the games they've got at the moment. You know, if they lose a player like Bowen, I think they're going to struggle quite a lot. Um, and then, you know, Spurs below us, Spurs are Spurs at the end of the day, and they've got, they've played one more game. So I think, I think we need to get into those top four places. And I think any Arsenal fan would be happy with that if you told them that at the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, we we did our prediction, what, like two weeks ago, Adam? And we all, all of us were like, well, Arsenal should finish top four. Um, looking at the table right now with the games in hand and how close they are. I mean, they're only two points back, right? Yeah, two points back from Man Two U. points, three games, yeah. I and think it's games. us to lose. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Mm. Um, what What's the fan base think about Kieran Tierney? I personally love him. I should have worn my Kieran Tierney shirt, actually. I've oh, got you got one? one? The, yeah, I've got the name on the back with the yellow Arsenal shirt. I think he's really good. He's really commanding. My only issue with Tierney is he has this persistent injury, and I can't remember where it is, but if this carries on, um, we might struggle because I really, really want to keep him fit. I think he's a great player. His crossing's brilliant. His driving's brilliant. Getting up the pitch is fantastic. And you can really, really see where the holes are when, when he's out injured. 
Yeah, I'm 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 like partial to him because I've I have a good amount of Scottish blood. So I, oh nice. I like the root for those for those players, and I was always like, oh, he's gonna be good because I saw his play style before he got to Arsenal, and I'm like, oh, he's learning under Andy Robinson when when he's playing for Scott Scotland. He's probably gonna be pretty good. And then when I saw he got signed to Arsenal, I was like, yep, here it goes. So yeah, I'm just just curious on what the general fan base. Uh, thoughts on him are because you know some people have their favorite players and some some players are just like ah he's not our guy yeah Tierney's up there for me and obviously the other fullback as well Tommy Yasu I think he's going under the radar as well um I saw him at his debut actually live against Norwich his home debut at the Emirates um a few months back so yeah I think he's a good player as well we just got quite a lot of shining lights in the team as Arsenal at the moment it's just up front we're very very thin but I feel like our goals are coming from elsewhere I believe Emil Smith-Rowe is the fifth highest scorer in the league at the moment on nine um that's gone under the radar a little bit but um yeah we'll see we'll see what happens over the season I just really really want us to get into Europe I think you will I think you will I hope so Adam Adam you were big on Smith-Rowe weren't you I got a memory of that yeah yeah he was um especially at the start of the seat well not the very start but that sort of before christmas period he was playing really well um him and him and saka saka's a saka is just a, a clop player um, yeah kind of, he is isn't he he is yeah a little part of me hopes arsenal don't get top four because then he's got a couple of years left on his contract and he could be tempted but I doubt that will happen, but no, Arsenal. This it's it's looking promising. Arteta's really turned it around, and he's built a. I wouldn't say they've got a winning mentality, but they've got a stronger, more ruthless mentality than they did have, you know, a, a months ago, a few seasons ago, where they were quite, you know. Those two wins against Wolves really show it. Like I think mm. they were both, they were both very tough wins that they had they had to get from not necessarily rivals was been doing well but I don't think top four but to get from it from a team in form that previously Arsenal probably would have got two draws from that game. Mm. So he is building he is building a team. And also I like the fact about how he he got rid of Abamyang and how he stuck to his morals and said, you know, I to the detriment of the team, because although he was an inform he he was their best player. Um to the detriment of the team, you you are ruining it. So we are gonna, you know, the mood, the atmosphere, and you're not playing well. We, I'm gonna isolate you. Mm. It's very much a Guardiola. You can tell he was Guardiola's assistant because he, for sure, he very much comes from that Guardiola um, style of management. I think as well that. on the Aubameyang field, um, the Aubameyang thing, Adam. So. In the Arsenal fan base as well at the moment, you're seeing a lot of people saying, oh, why did we get rid of Aubameyang and Arteta? I just wanted to get you two guys' opinion on this. So so Aubameyang at the moment, he's gone over to Spain. I think he scored five in three or five in four. You've got Adama Traore as well. He actually has more assists in his five games at Barca than he ever did at Wolves in like 50-something games, I think. What is your opinion? I'll start with Dan on the difference between the pace of the Premier League compared to the pace of, say, a Liga or a Syria. See, I, I can't get that figured out because I feel like it it differs from player to player. Because if you're talking about like stat wise, yeah, Abamian came in and did is doing good right away. I'm actually surprised to hear those Adama stats because I didn't think that was possible for him. Because I've always been a fan of his, uh, especially when I played FIFA because I like fast players on my team 
And, but I've watched a lot of his games where he's, he gets wherever he needs to be. And he's mm. great. At, he's great at that, but he would sky the ball over people's heads while he's crossing sometimes. So I'm just like, does he have any touch at all? So I'm actually really surprised to hear that. But then you, you look at someone like, like Eden Hazard and he, he can't score at all in that league. Mm. So it's, it's, it's strange to me, but I mean, obviously it's, it's suited for certain styles more than it is for others, but then look at Coutinho, you know, he's great in the EPL and he didn't really get a chance over there. So I can't really tell the difference. It's just, it just seems like it's uh it's up to the player to see if they can do well in both leagues. You know, Bamiyan could, I mean, were you sad when they sold him? Um, I was, I was disappointed that it didn't work out. I feel like Aubameyang was one of my favourite players. Obviously, he had that brilliant FA Cup game. I remember I was at my my dad's friends that day for that, and when he scored that little beautiful goal um, in the final, uh, I've seen him live a few times as well. He's just he was magical on the ball. His touch, his finishing. Um, but yeah, I'm just disappointed how it worked out. The same as I was with Özil. Like Özil, magical player on the ball, and it's just, it was just one of those recurring patterns with players at Arsenal of getting them on these big contracts and then falling out in some way or another. But I feel like, as Adam said, it's changing that culture of the club, bringing in that youth core and starting again. And I feel like we're on that path. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, what are your thoughts on the differences between the leagues, Adam? Uh, there are some slight differences, but I've I've always stuck by my my opinion that you can differentiate the sort of top six maybe teams across across all the leagues, but that you know the bottom half of each league. I think you if you threw you know there's there's always these people saying the Premier League is the strongest league, and you know it probably it probably is because of the money and and the teams at the top are at the moment the best teams you know, in Europe, bar maybe Bayern Munich. Um, but I think the bottom half, if you were to put the bottom half of the Premier League in the bottom half of the French League and the bottom half, uh, they'd finish exactly the same. I don't think you'd all of a sudden get, you know, an Everton, a, a Norwich, a Watford, a Southampton winning the French League. Um, I think that's just a bit of a an English mentality at the moment that the Premier League, the whole league is better than every other league because... I mean, yes, the Champions League, the English teams at the moment, we get to the the latter stages because, yeah, like I said, the top teams are that much better. But, you know, the last time an English team won the Europa League, which is in that second mm. that second level of football, was was not in a, in a while. I think the last team to win it was, was Man United five mm. years ago. Um, and, you know, Seville were about to play West Ham in the Europa League, I will put my money, I will say it here now, that Seville will outclass West Ham. And will at West Ham put a pretty strong... I still hold this opinion, and I will hold it now. And I've been wrong because I said West Ham would fall off around Christmas time, and they didn't, but I don't think West Ham are that good a team. I think they're, they've got, apart from maybe Rice, and I still think Ben Rama is, is a pretty silky player, I think West Ham are a group of average players, nothing wrong with that average in terms of average in the Premier League, but that's still a good quality, a group of average players that are at the moment all playing the best football. But eventually they're all going to drop out of form and they're all going to start playing average again. And I also don't think David Moyes is, you know, this great manager that that we're seeing. I think he's he's made a few mistakes. 
Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's great, but I feel no. like that what he does and what he drives into the players is work ethic. And, yeah. you know, you're not going to get a showboat player in West Ham. You're going to get players that are similar to Klopp. You know, you're going to get players that grind. You're going to get players that are not particularly... Oh, but with Liverpool, you do get players like Salah. That was a bad example. But with Moyes, you get that grit and you get that workhorse mentality. And I feel like, as you mentioned, if they, I've, I've, I had the same opinion that West Ham would drop off. I didn't think they would be able to cope with the games. Um, but yeah. Yeah, well, I picked on preseason to finish top four. But I, I personally don't even believe in that anymore. Um because they'd have to be much higher than they are right now because mm. just looking at these games in hands, like it, it really, it truly is Arsenal's to lose. Like I, I have to believe that I, I just have to. And with the way they bounced back early on too and showed their fight. So that's, that's who I would ride with right now. I wonder what the odds are. I, I'm sure that Arsenal would have to be, have to be favored or at least right up there with Man U to finish fourth. Um, yeah, have to be, odds. have to be. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, we've got that big Manchester derby at the weekend. That could be a big fluctuation for the top four with could Man be. United. Um, quick on that, what are your thoughts on title race? Oh, I think that's got to be Adam first, hasn't it? Well, I, I kind of know his. He, he thinks it's still there. He's but still I mean, there. we we had this uh, talk when we were looking at the games leading up to. Liverpool versus City that we're like if we're six points behind at that point there's a chance because if you win then you're only three points behind but then City dropped a couple of points on two different occasions and mm. now they could be even on points when that game comes so it's going to be wild if that's the case I, I truly hope that's the case that you're going into a game where the winner if there's a winner you can take control right then and there. And I think the the interesting thing is, I mean, Liverpool have just got to be keeping the, the pressure on. And I think winning that winning that trophy on um on Sunday just, you know, even more puts the pressure on City to show that we're we're not going away. We've got this winning mentality. And again, mm. um one thing that's been really important that we I don't think we've really had before when we've, you know, the, I remember one season when we were going for the league with with City when when we lost it, when we only lost one game that whole season. But I think a lot of those games we'd play after City, whereas now this is a game, you know, we're playing West Ham on Saturday, they play, you know, United on on Sunday. So we can keep putting that pressure about, you know, if we get the three points a game in hand, three points behind. If we win against West Ham, we'll be three points behind them with a game in hand. Um, and then they have to go and play, you know, United, who are crap, but trying to get top four. Yeah. And, you know, Ronaldo, I love him, but he's not been performing as well as I, I'd, ho I'd, I'd hoped in in a way that I'm a bit of a fanboy. I, you know, I don't want to see United. I want to see United. I'd I like to see a competitive United because I... I don't want to, you know, I'm not the type of person that was like relegate United. I, I like them being competitive because I think it makes it more dramatic. It makes it more when we play them, you know, I, I haven't seen us play them. The last time we played them and it was like, oh, whoever wins is going to, you know, go ahead in the title race was in 2009. And that was mm. so long ago. And we didn't win that league, United. We were like 12 points ahead of United. Rafa Benitez come out and basically said, United can't catch us. So Alex Ferguson took it personally and they caught us and overtook <laughs> us. Um, so I like to see a competitive United 
my point being, Ronaldo hasn't performed. I blame it more on United than Ronaldo himself, but there are games where he will stand out and he'd done it for Madrid. He'd done it for Madrid in the Madrid derby. Even when Real Madrid weren't at their best, he'd stand out. You know, this could be another game where he, you know, rises to the challenge. Yeah, that would be wild if uh, Man U can get a result. But uh, to close it up, Joe, what, what do you think? Is 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 there a race? Do you got anyone coming out on top? I've got, I've got to take off my Arsenal hat and put my neutral hat on. I would love Liverpool to win their next game and City lose against United. I feel like we need another amazing title race moment, you know. And I actually, this is with my neutral hat on, I do admire Klopp in a way and what he's done and what team he's built. City for me, you know, I've, Guardiola, obviously the other day he came out and said stats aren't everything. And I think in football conversations and sports in general, I feel like that is a true statement. I believe that's a true statement because you've got players that have flair on the ball that do so much stuff off the ball, mentality of the team. Um, so I think Guardiola's got a really, really good point there in the sense that statistics are not everything. You know, sometimes we can get caught on XG, um, passes completed, shots taken, things like this. So, um, but yeah, going back to the title race, I, I, I you know what, I, I'm not saying I'd love Liverpool to win it, but I'd love to see a really competitive title race. Yeah, I would too, man. That's that's where uh, you know if if they don't if there's not a result this weekend, whatever. As long as we can become even on points on April 9th, that's a pretty exciting race. But if there's any points dropped on either side before then, it's going to make things even crazier too. So, yeah. All right, man. Uh, thanks for coming on, Joe. Come back anytime you want. Drop some knowledge thanks, on us. Thanks, Dan. Really, really appreciate it. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was great, man. So, uh, all right, Adam. Yeah. All right. See you guys next time. See you Thanks next week. Listening. Bye, all. Have a great week. Later. Oh, thank you.